Hey everyone, this is James Wilson with MTB Strength Training Systems and BikeJames.com and welcome to another Bike James podcast. In today's podcast, I'm going to share some of the lessons that I've learned from the last 10 years of doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And one of the reasons this comes up is because a week or so ago, I got my black belt in, uh, in BJJ, which is, uh, you know, again, it's definitely not, doesn't mark the end of anything. You know, it's, it's just the beginning of the journey in some ways. But it is a pretty significant and cool milestone uh, on the path. And one of the reasons for that is because jiu-jitsu is different than a lot of martial arts in that it does take a long time to get your black belt. Like 10 years is average. So I was really lucky in that I was able to get it done in the average amount of time. I didn't have any significant injuries or wasn't forced to take you know uh, significant time off for any reason. And so I was able to... Uh, you know, achieve my black belt in in 10 years. In fact, ironically enough, it was 10 years to the month. I don't remember the exact day that I started jujitsu, but it was in October of 2012. So getting my black belt in October of 2022 um, was uh, was pretty cool. But, uh, you know, again, so and another thing that makes it a little different is that you have to demonstrate the skill it's not just the techniques. It's not just knowing a bunch of techniques. It's being able to demonstrate them in a context, right? So again, because it is grappling, it's submission grappling, that's what jiu-jitsu is, uh, you can go 100% and you can, you know, we call it rolling, but you can spar with someone and and go, you know, do it over and over and over again, day in and day out, because you're not punching and kicking each other. You know, we're not eye gouging and, and trying to break fingers and stuff. There's a few basic rules to keep people safe. But because of that, we can go 100%. And so you are expected to be able to demonstrate your, your skill against a fully resisting opponent, uh, someone who also knows jujitsu and does not want you to do what you are trying to do to them. Uh, which is, you know, gain dominant position and uh, work towards a submission where you get them to tap and admit that like, yeah, if we would have gone any further, I would have passed out or you would have broke that joint. And so uh, symbolically, you would have killed me and we're going to, I'm going to tap and we're going to start all over again. And so, you know, because of that, because it does take a long time and you do have to demonstrate uh, proficiency in applying the techniques, not just knowing the techniques, uh, it does take, it is one of the harder black belts in martial arts to achieve. And so, um, I was pretty, pretty, uh, pumped to get that, you know, I've got a great team, uh, that I work with my families, they're all into jujitsu. So it's great to have them supporting me as well. But again, it just got me thinking about some of the lessons that I've learned, from doing jujitsu and how they've helped me be a better rider and a better coach and, and better trainer. And, uh, again, you know, some people may be wondering like, what does this have to do with mountain biking? But, you know, I, I think that it's really important that if you want to be excellent at something that you don't just pursue that one thing that you, that the pursuit of excellent in other things will teach you lessons that will help you in your pursuit of that one thing. So again, like mountain biking may be that thing, that one thing where you're like, I want to pursue excellence. I want to be the best rider that I can be. But if all you do is ride, you're not going to be the best rider that you can be. You know, again, even strength training, like MTB strength training systems on some level is a, you know, uh, telling people like, hey, if you want to get better at riding your bike, you have to do more than just ride your bike. It's a very important component and part of it 
but you need to do other things, whether it's strength training, doing, you know, yoga, um, you know, running, uh, doing a martial art, even getting into like playing music or doing art or there's all sorts of things that you can pursue excellence in that you can do on a, uh, I guess, more recreational level or not quite a serious level as you do your main pursuit but you still want to have some other things. And so jujitsu for me 10 years ago was that thing. I'd been riding bikes for 12 years. I was just looking for something else that I could be a proverbial and literal white belt in again and just enjoy the progression and the lessons that come from that. And so uh, so that was, um, you know, for me, jujitsu was, was that thing. But I think that it's important for everyone to have some other things besides just riding their bike that they pursue excellence and to help kind of round them out as people and also give them perspective that they wouldn't otherwise have that will help them in their pursuit to be excellent riders as well. So with all that in mind, I've got a list of things here I wanted to share with you. They're not in any super particular order, but I did want to, I guess, kind of start from the beginning. And that is, uh, you know, you want to prepare for a long journey and you want to take pressure off of fast progression for beginners. And this is something that I think mountain bike or uh, uh, jujitsu does a better job of than mountain biking, which is really impressing on new people that you're going to suck. It's okay to suck. We expect you to suck for the first few years at this. And that's totally fine. But what's really important is that you're enjoying the journey so that you'll stick around long enough to stop sucking. And that may take several years, right? I mean, in jiu-jitsu, purple belt is kind of that, that belt where you, you make that, that jump to where like now you have the potential to uh, perhaps beat a black belt. Right. Like you're, you're I mean, there's always like the, the chance, but, you know, a purple belt, you have the skill. It's just a matter of being able to really refine it and, and take it to that next level. Um, but, you know, white belt and blue belt is just like, man, you're just making a bunch of mistakes. Right. Like there's there's no the, the best way to learn something is to just do it, make mistakes, learn from those mistakes and and then try something else and learn from those mistakes. And so it's just making a bunch of mistakes, really, that leads to you uh, progressing. Um, there's a, a quote from Jake the Dog in Adventure Time that uh, sucking is just the first step towards being kind of all right at something. And that's totally true. And again, with, with jujitsu, you that, you're preach that message from day one, right? Like we don't expect shit from you. You're going to suck and it, just embrace it and we're going to laugh at you and we're going to have fun with it and it's all totally fine. Um, whereas with mountain biking, you know, it's not quite, there's a little more pressure on that fast progression um, aspect that if people aren't, riding, uh, you know, really good after a year or two, they're upset and they, they think that they suck. And the other thing is that, you know, at that point in the first few years of riding, the reason that you suck is not because of your bike or your equipment. It's just you suck, right? It's just part of the process of learning how to be a better rider. And so embracing the suck, embracing the journey, knowing that it's going to be, you know, five, six, seven years before you really start to wrap your head around what's going on and could be 10 years or more until you get to where you're like, you know, you're, you're pretty confident with most of the, in in your skills and fitness and just well-rounded rider, right? Like it it takes a while to create that. Like, obviously you've got your phenoms. Okay. Again, in jujitsu, you've got kids who are fucking 19 years old who have their black belt. 
okay? Like that's not normal. That's not the average person. But if you're comparing yourself to that person and you're like, dang, that guy got his black belt in like four years. Like I need to be doing better. You're going to, you know, it's going to be really frustrating. And so, uh, you know, just make sure that you aren't uh, doing that and comparing yourself to outliers if you are feeling that you do need to be doing better because so-and-so or this rider or whatever um, is, you know, progress faster than you did. So everyone's got their own pace. Everyone's got their own thing, man. So, you know, remember too that like a black belt is just a white belt who didn't give up. Like, so there's a, I, I've spent time on the mats with many people who are better than me, but for whatever reason, they quit along the way. And so they didn't get to the point they didn't, they didn't continue to progress um, and get to that point where they achieved the black belt level. And it's the same thing with riding, right? Like you may be the suckiest one in your group today, but if you stick with it and you're consistent and in five years, 80% of those people aren't there anymore, guess who's better? Like just by the the fact that you're still there and and they're not. And again, you don't. That's not how you want to get better, right? Like you're not hoping that people are going to quit and that that's how you're going to progress up the ladder is is through attrition. But it is part of the process. And so you know, again, just remember that like it's you know a black belt's just a white belt who didn't quit. And so just embrace the journey and don't quit. And no matter how long it takes, one day you'll wake up and be like. Damn, right? Like if, if you're doing things like, you know, following some sort of training plan, that's the thing. You can't just, you know, I'll, I'll touch on some of the other lessons, but it's not just a matter of like time, right? You got to spend the time focusing on improving. But eventually, if you spend enough time focusing on improving, you will get to that point. Like it, it, everyone's got their own time frame, but it will happen. Um, so another thing that I've learned as I've uh, progressed through my, my jiu-jitsu journey that's helped me understand riding better, is that black belts think less than white belts. They just know exactly what to think about. They know exactly the most important thing to focus on. And so, again, like people, you, you know, when you're rolling with a black belt, it's overwhelming at first, right? Like they just seem to know everything that you're about to do. No matter what you do, they have an answer for it. And it's just, you're, and you're overwhelmed, right? Like you, you, you're thinking so much and you're trying to figure out like, what is going on here? What's going on there? Holy crap. And so it almost feels like, man, this person must be thinking about even more, right? Like he, he knows even more than I do. And that's why he's kicking my ass. And then you start to realize like, no, 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 no. He, he's thinking way less than you are. Like you're thinking way, way, way harder and way more than, than, than the black belt is he or she, right? It could be either one. Um, but the, you're the, like I said, the white belt doesn't know what to focus on. Okay. Like at any given position in jujitsu, there's all these different battles that could be taking place, but there's only one most important battle, right? And if you lose that one most important battle, then, everything else starts to go downhill. And if you don't understand what that most important battle is, then you could not even know it's there. You could easily be distracted. You can uh, you start focusing on other areas. Whereas if you know what that is and you can just focus on that, then no matter what else is going on around you, and you know this is the one thing I need to stay focused on, eventually you'll come out the other side and having achieved you know what you wanted and, and achieved the better position or the submission or whatever it is you were trying to do, because you knew what that one battle was and you stayed focused on it. And so as you're progressing as a rider, 
it's really a matter of thinking less, not more. Okay, but there is a point, right? Like you do have to to think more at first. Okay, like so when you're you're learning a new, you know, you're learning a cornering technique or manualing or something, you do have to start by thinking step one, step two, step three. But eventually, that's not what you want to think. You you want to have the mind no mind state, right? Like you want to be uh, just just have it happening without you necessarily thinking about it, or if you are thinking about it you know like, okay, this is the most important thing. I know that if I feel myself do this one thing, that these everything else will fall into place. And so uh, so again, it's something to, as you progress as a writer, like you've, you want to work towards thinking less about your technique and what you're doing, not more about it. But eventually, in the beginning, you do need to think more, right? You need to figure out what do I need to think about, think about it, but eventually, as you think about it, you start to realize like, okay, I can think less, right? Like instead of there, there's just less for me to focus on. And, and one of the reasons for that, there's another lesson that I have written down here, is that technique is the window into the principles that make up a, a sport or, you know, or what it is that you're doing. And so, again, going back to cornering, for example, this is a good one because a lot of people are are teaching and learning cornering technique where there's step one, step two, step three. But that's really not how the pros corner, right? Like if you watch a, a pro rider corner, they're not thinking step one, step two, step three, right? W- what are they thinking? Well, again, going back to what I was talking about earlier, they're, they're thinking about not much. And what they are thinking about is feeling that the, 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 when they corner properly, it feels feels a certain way. They have pressure. They have their weight balanced a certain way. They have pressure in certain places and they can feel that. And your body can process that feeling so much faster than it can process like conscious thought, right? Like step one, step two, step three. And and so they've learned how to stop focusing on the technique and focus on the principles behind riding their bike that make up the technique, right? So the principles of cornering uh, are, are demonstrated in the technique, but you have to get beyond the technique to really understand the principles. And that's what helps you achieve that ability to think less and which helps you think faster and, and be able to do, uh, apply the stuff better on the trail. So again, like as you are progressing as a rider, you know, learn technique, but remember like your goal is to get to where you're going based on feel. Okay, like that, that the feel when you when you're focusing on the feeling, then you're able to make use of the principles better because you're able to kind of like, you know, get creative with how you're applying those principles and how you're applying that feel as opposed to just rigidly trying to follow this step one, step two, step three uh, process. But um, again, you got to start there, but you need to progress past that if you really, really, really want to get to that next level with your understanding of the technique and, and how to apply it um, under pressure, which for you know us as mountain bikers is uh, is on the trail. So you know with that uh, you know kind of segueing into this next point, which is that the key to progressing is focus drilling. Okay, so that is is you know in jujitsu you learn that that if you really want to get better at something, you need to just drill it. You need to take five minutes, have a partner, maybe get a training dummy if you have something, and you're going to just drill this technique over and over and over and over again. 
and but it, it's focus drilling, okay? And so I'll I'll touch on that here in a second. Like you know, what is focus drilling? How do how do you achieve that? But uh, before I go to that, I do want to point out that while drilling is key, you don't want to drill for muscle memory. And you, what you want to drill is to better understand the principles behind the technique. Like I just was talking about, like I don't want to drill for muscle memory of step one, step two, step three. I want to, I want to, I want to use the drilling to help me better feel what's happening because again, my body can process feeling so much faster than it can like this, this conscious thought of the different steps. And so, and it helps me get creative because now, as long as I'm staying within the principles and, and the basic feeling that I'm looking for, I'm, I can let my body get creative with how I am, uh, you know, uh, doing it and, and applying the principles. And so, again, I think that, uh, you know, riders will get in this rut sometimes where they're drilling, but like they're, they're thinking that they're trying to drill for muscle memory and so they're just really, they're not really focusing on that feeling aspect and, and trying to get past the technique itself and get to that feeling part of it, which is, you know, what allows them to, you know, uh, I think apply it better, um, you know, in my opinion. And so, uh, but now how do you get to focus drilling? What does that mean? And so there's a four-step process to, to getting better. Um, and really, this isn't anything in life. But jujitsu is like this, you know, it's the ultimate science lab, right? Because you you roll with people, uh, you know, a five-minute round, you do that for an hour, minute rest in between, you're getting 10 rounds in, right? I may roll with 10 different people, and they all have different attributes. They've all got different games. It's like a different trail, right? Every person is kind of like a different trail. <laughs> and so, so I get to ride, you know, like 10 different trails and and see what is happening, and does this work here? And this does that work there? And why didn't this? Why does this work against this person and not against that person? Um, and so it's this compressed uh, experiment, right? Because it's like I have a theory. I think that this is going to work. I try it. It either works or it doesn't work. And if it doesn't work, then well, why didn't it work, right? And so that's where identifying a problem comes in. Like you should be thinking about your writing in, in the, you know, where is a problem? You know, what particular situations, what type of, of you know, uh, techniques do I struggle with applying on the trail? So identify the problem. Don't just ride and without thinking about that. Like you should, be, you should constantly have something that you know, I'm, I need to get better at this, right? It's a shifting thing. Like as you identify one thing, you get better at it and then that'll shift. But you should always have something that you've identified as like, okay, this is what I need to get better at to progress my riding. And that answer can't be everything, right? Like in the beginning it is. Like when you're, you're a new rider or you're a white belt, the answer is everything. What do you need to get better at? Everything. But you, you got to get past that and you got to get to where you have more specific things, right? Like, you know, cornering. All right, cool. Well, what about even more specifically? Like, well, left-handed corners really seem to screw me up for some reason. Okay, um, you know, left-handed, uh, you know, corners that, you know what I mean? So you can get like even more specific with like the angles or if it's, you know, technical or whatever it is. <clears throat> but, you know, the you can obviously get too specific, but 
in general, the more specific you can be with your problem that you've identified, the better, right? And so once you've identified a problem, you want to research an answer. And so what's the answer? And I, I touched on this earlier, like one of the best ways to figure out an answer is to watch better riders and what do they do? And so, you know, if you've identified cornering as a problem, well, who's the best cornering riders in the world? You know, do you watch them and study them? And again, it doesn't need to be like, you know, six hours a day or anything like, you know, just like, you know, five, 10 minutes watching some video and, and, and thinking about it. Like that's the other thing too. Like people watch riders, but they don't get anything from that time because they're not thinking about what they're seeing. Right. They're like, oh, that's a, it's cool. And it is. Sometimes you just want to watch people ride bikes. You just want to watch people ride fast and, and not really be thinking about it. That's fine. There's a time and a place for that. But there should be a point where you are thinking about what you're seeing. Right. Like, well, you know, why did he do that? What, you know, what did he do and why is he, why did he do that or, or she, right? Why did, why did they do that? Um, so, you know, research and answer. Again, you know, studying better riders. Uh, it, you know, if you have identified uh, someone who is good at and, and has the experience and is good at, at teaching uh, the technique, right? Like study them. If you can go take a class or, or camp for them, great. But usually there's a lot of info on the internet. You don't got to, again, filter that out. Um, you know, but that's another thing, right? So uh, get a bunch of answers and and see if you can spot common themes, right? Like you may have what appears to be several different answers, but if you can identify, like there's a common thread between like three quarters of these things, you can probably bet that that's something that will help, right? And so, you know, that as part of your research, like, yeah, like spread that net far and wide, get a bunch of answers, uh, but then again, look for the commonality, see if you can find common threads uh, in that and see if you see like, hey man, people that, uh, you know, tend to have, more experience are saying this, people that have less experience are saying this, right? And so I'm, I'm probably going to lean more towards this other thing here that people that have more experience are saying. So there is a way to like filter out the the noise that, you know, comes along with internet research on stuff. But again, you just got to think about it and, and spend a little time applying critical thinking skills. So research and answer. Then once you've figured out like what an answer is, then you're going to drill the technique. This is where you're going to you know, in a, you know, in jujitsu, like I said, you're just drilling with a partner. They're not resisting or they're, they're resisting enough to be realistic, right? If somebody's just flopping and, and being unrealistic with, uh, it, it can actually screw you up. And so, uh, but you want to have, um, a controlled environment that you can practice the technique in and just worrying about the technique. And so this is where having some drill time as a rider is important where you're not on the trail and you are, you know, I don't know where it is for you, right? It could be just your, 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 uh, uh, you know, parking or the street in front of your house or whatever, right? Um, your driveway. Uh, but you know, you want to have some time when you are working on some of these basic skills. I mean, some of the basic things just, you know, like track stands, switch footed track stands. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that you can practice that don't take a lot of room that, that can help. But, you know, drill the technique, right? And then you apply the technique uh, under pressure. And this is where you would apply it on the trail. So now you're like consciously trying to think about applying what you've done to the trail. And if you've drilled the technique properly, then you've, you've got like step one, step two, step three, but you're starting to get a, a feel for what you're looking for here. And then you're focusing on like trying to apply that feeling 
to the trail, like make it feel the same way. Like, you know, if you're practicing your cornering and it feels a certain way when you're doing it well, uh, you know, in, in the parking lot, then try and make it feel that same way uh, on, on the, on the trail, right? It seems self-evident, but uh, I, I think a lot of riders miss the fact that you're, you're trying to connect how things feel, uh, and, and being conscious of how things feel while you're drilling stuff and learning it, and then trying to apply that feeling, uh, on the trail. And that's going to help you learn stuff faster. And again, like be more creative and, and just, you know, have a little more flexibility with what you're doing, um, than just trying to apply the, the quote unquote technique itself. So, um, you know, on that note, you, uh, another lesson that I've learned is that you learn on easy opponents and you pressure test stuff against hard opponents. And again, it's, uh, beating up on white belts and, and stuff. Eventually it can get a little boring, but you, you learn, right? Like if I'm learning a new technique, I'm not going to be able to go and execute it the first time when I'm rolling against my coach, right? A high level black belt. I can't really execute anything against that guy. Um, but still the point is if, if I had a chance to do it, I would have to start with working my technique against, uh, you know, white belts and blue belts and then purple belts and working my way up the food chain. And again, I'm still like trying to use it against everyone, but like if I'm, you know, say like, uh, leading up to a competition or something, right? Like I'll purposefully, uh, roll more with good blue belts and less with like higher level guys, because I know that I'm trying to really like refine my approach and get my technique dialed in. And so I'm going to do that against the, you know, against lower level people. And then I'm going to go against higher level people to put me in trouble and then give me confidence that I can get out of that trouble. Right. And so I'm using both, but the, you learn against your, your easier opponents and then you got to pressure test it against the harder ones. And so I, I think the, the point for mountain bikers is that there is stuff to be gained from riding quote unquote, easier trails. And I think sometimes people will, um, either turn their, you know, not be focused. Like if you're on a green trail or an easy blue trail, you don't really have to think about anything, right? You can just cruise down it. Okay, great. And on your way to the fun trail, but did you, you, you missed opportunities to practice your technique. Okay. If there's something that you're working on and you're trying to get better at, uh, then th that's the time to do it. Those are the trails and that's the time to practice that stuff on. Don't turn your brain off just because it's easy and just go on instinct. Like that's when you really want to think about what you're doing and focusing on doing things better and refining that. And then that's what's going to allow you to be able to act more on a subconscious level as you get to the harder trails and, and try to apply the stuff against harder um, terrain and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, just, you know, with your riding, use easy trails for a purpose, right? Like both for recovery rides and also to practice your technique on, um, will, will help you, uh, get better faster. Um, so, uh, with that, you can't go hard all the time and kind of ties into this, but you know, with jujitsu, you learn that really quick that you're, uh, if you try to go hard all the time, your body's just going to break down and you're not going to make it. 
And so same thing with riding. Like, if, you know, if you're trying to ride hard all the time, every ride's a hard ride. Well, one, none of them are hard because hard is relative to other things. They're all just moderate. You just don't have anything else to compare them to. Uh, but the, you know, if, if you think that everything needs to be as hard as you can go, riding the hardest trail that you can, you know, all the time, anything less is just, you know, for wimps. Like I know I used to be that way in my twenties, man. Like I, I really was kind of a, a punk ass, uh, rider that way where I just thought like, man, go big, go hard or go home. And, uh, my, my body paid the price for that. <laughs> I've got several overuse injuries. I've, I've busted myself up many times, uh, just pushing myself too hard because of that, that mindset. Um, and you know, eventually even with riding, I had to learn, I can't go hard all the time. Like this is not sustainable. Uh, and so I had to, you know, start figuring out how to use hard, moderate and light rides and, 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 you know, break things up. But it's just, it's important again to emphasize, I think that you can't go hard all the time and you have to understand how to use things like drilling, uh, easy rides, moderate rides and hard rides and, and the purpose of each and how to use them to get the best results possible. Um, and so, uh, you know, as part of that, you got to take care of your body. It, you know, if you want to get to the black belt level, you know, 10 years is a long time and you're spending most of that getting your ass kicked. Okay. I mean, it, it, I have, I have lost and tapped out way more times than I've tapped people out and I've gotten my ass kicked way more times than I've kicked people's asses. And, you know, as you progress, that percentage goes from like, you know, hundred percent ass kicking, zero percent, uh, you know, kicking ass to, you know, 50, 50, 60, 40, like eventually you do get to the point where, you know, you're, you are kicking some ass because you've, you put in the time and figured it out. But on the aggregate, on average, like you're, you're doing, you're getting more of your ass kicked than kicking ass over that 10 year period. And it's kind of the same thing with riding. Like I said, like, man, when you're a beginner, man, it's hard, right? Like you're crashing, you're not efficient with how your, your riding technique and what you're doing. Like you're, it's very uh, difficult, right? On your body. And so it, it takes a while to get to that point. So if you want to, or, you know, get to the point where you're, you're not doing that stuff. And so you got to take care of your body, but this is where the strength training and the mobility stuff comes in. This is like the shameless plug for MTB strength training systems. Um, because again, like if you don't do that, it's, it's going to be tough. And that's, that is one of the interesting things in jujitsu culture is that, uh, strength training and mobility stuff is, it's very normal. It's very normalized. Um, in fact, it's almost assumed that if you're doing jujitsu, that at some point you're going to start doing some sort of mobility and strength training just because it's, it, you know, I'm not going to say everybody needs it. Uh, you know, some people obviously get away without doing it, but I, I'd say more people do it than don't. And it's just because they understand like, man, I, if I want to keep doing this and, and have fun doing this for a long period of time, I got to take care of my meat sack. And part of taking care of my meat sack is to strength train and do mobility stuff, you know, eat well, get enough sleep. Um, again, just like, you know, those, those things are very normalized in jujitsu culture where I feel like in mountain biking culture, you still got a little bit of this, like, you know, and I understand, like I, I, I've, I've, uh, fully lived it for quite a while, 
the like, man, we're going to drink beers. We're going to ride hard. We're going to, you know, even though I was doing strength training and mobility stuff, which made me an outlier, man, to be honest with you, like I was the weirdo in my riding group because uh, of the fact that I trained, right? No one else did. No one else. And it, that, that was the norm um, in, and still is to some level where, you know, not quite as much, right? Like I think that, that, uh, you know, hopefully thanks to some of my efforts over the last, uh, 15 plus years that mountain bikers have begun to appreciate more what strength training will do. So it's not quite as abnormal as it was. Um, but I still think that it's not quite as normalized as it should be to where, you know, it's just understood like, Hey man, if you're going to ride and you want to do this for a lifetime, you got to do this other stuff. And, and that's just it. So, um, but yeah, you, you know, you got to take care of your body if you want to get to that black belt level, uh, of riding or <laughs> jujitsu, um, or anything physical, uh, for that matter. So, um, moving on here, I'm looking at my list. I've kind of bounced around a little bit, so I just want to make sure I don't miss anything. So, uh, oh yeah, another thing here, nothing can replace time on the mats. And, uh, again, you, you got to wrestle and, and you can see that the, the people who spend the most time on the mats get better, the fastest, you know, surprise. Right. Um, and same thing with, with mountain biking. And this is something that, uh, seems kind of self-evident, but as riders, we keep getting duped, uh, on, and that is that if you want to, if you're a mountain biker and you want to get better at mountain biking, you need to ride a mountain bike. Like that's the best way to get better at mountain biking is to ride a mountain bike. And so, you know, I actually uh, just answered a couple of emails today from a, a post I sent out last week on like why you can't build a better rider in the gym. And again, coming from a guy who sells strength training programs, you're like, what the hell, man? Why are you like sabotaging your own business? And, you know, the point isn't that you don't need it. You do. You do need strength training. You do need mobility. You do need cardio stuff to, to some extent, probably less than a lot of people think with the cardio stuff. But, you know, you, you, you do need that stuff. It's just that you're... Your, your best results are going to come from riding your bike, spending time on your bike. And so the, but you know, we get duped, you know, like the winter comes and people are like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, uh, get on a, a trainer and I've got a, a you know, a road bike. Uh, I'm going to get out on the road and do road bike riding. And so anytime you throw your bike over, not a mountain bike, that's not mountain bike training. Okay, so if you're riding a road bike in the off season, thinking that you're training for mountain biking, like is it better than nothing? Yeah, but it's not really mountain biking. Okay, and so like nothing beats time on the mats. Nothing beats time on your mountain bike. And so even if you are forced off the trails, right? Say you got you know winter forces you off the trail, then you gotta uh, do something. Then you can still get out on the road, but ride your mountain bike. You can still get on a trainer, but ride your mountain bike. Like just that simple little adjustment will actually go a long way. Uh, towards helping you get more out of your your training, just the more your body is used to that, the better. Um, and so, but you know, ride your bike. Like you're riding your bike should be your priority, and training should be secondary. Uh, again, in the off season, there's times when you will have training prioritized uh, over riding um, because you're trying to build some of the the basic physical uh, skills that give you the foundation to improve your specific uh, you know, sports specific performance, but, you know, for, but for the most part, like you want to spend time on your bike, on a mountain bike, preferably on a trail. 
And so uh, that's how you're going to become the best rider. Like, there's a reason that the Australians and, and New Zealanders are such good riders. It's because they ride their bikes all year round, right? Like they come over to our side of the world and race during our summer. And then they go back home during our winter, which is their summer, and they get to just keep riding. And so, and you see the, the pros, right? There's a, there's a reason that the pro riders will go in, uh, you know, winter in like Southern California or areas where it's warm and they can continue to ride their bikes, right? Because it's very difficult to continue to progress um, as a rider if you have to take extended periods of time off of your mountain bike. And again, that may be the reality for people, but you want to be thinking about, okay, how do I mitigate that as best as possible? Um, but man, yeah, if, you, if you're a mountain biker, then you're a mountain biker and stop riding something else thinking that you're training for mountain biking. It's, 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 it's still interesting that people think that riding a road bike is training for mountain biking, they're, they're, right? Like if you're for a road rider, riding a, a road bike is mat time, right? That's the same for them. That, that is specific physical prep for them. For a mountain biker, it's not. It's general physical prep because that's not what we do. And so, uh, so anyways, that's, you know, um, you know, a lesson there, something, a drum that I've been beating for a long time, uh, is if you're a mountain biker, train like a mountain biker, stop, you know, training like a road rider. Uh, so anyways, um, next one is I learned how to compete and why competing is important. And I'm not a, I'm super, I'm not a super competitive person. You know, I've done a few races on my mountain bike, but I always thought mountain biking was more of a, you know, personal development journey than me trying to beat you. Right. And so, you know, if I get better and I beat you, that's a bonus, but I'm not trying to beat you. I'm trying to improve myself and me improving myself may result in me beating you. And so, but that, uh, focus, you know, that thought process would keep me from competing, especially racing stuff. And so with jujitsu, I started to compete more and I learned a lot about how to prepare for competition, uh, mentally, uh, man, jujitsu is the most stressful competition you'll ever do. I don't care how stressful you think riding a bike is. Nothing will compare to the first time you're standing there on the side of the mat and you're about to step out there in front of a bunch of people and slap hands with another dude and wrestle him. Like it is one of the most primal things that you'll do. Like I, I remember standing there like, just how do I get out of this? I wanted to run away and hide because just everything in me is is freaking out. Like, why are you doing this? Putting yourself in this, you know, it's basically a mock fight, right? And so you're, but the, the stress that goes along with that really forces you to learn how to deal with it. And so, and then you also learn a lot about your jujitsu and yourself in competition. So I've, I've come around on, on competing. I do think that competing, uh, can play a role. I, 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 you know, again, mountain biking is a little different because, um, you know, again, I I think it's, there's, you know, you in the trail is still a little bit different than you riding against somebody else, but using competition is a way to gauge like how you, you know, where your weaknesses are, you know, and how you're progressing. You don't have to necessarily use it as a way to, to compare yourself to other people. Um, but there is value in that and that, you know, there's, I'm actually, working on something right now to kind of share some of the the process that I've learned to help deal with anxiety for competing, both leading up to it and on the day of competition. But a lot of it does have to do with, with breathing and visualization 
And, uh, you know, really that's kind of the core of it and learning how to use those things properly in order to help deal with, uh, with, with competition related anxiety and, and performance stuff. And so, but again, that was something that if I hadn't done jujitsu, I wouldn't have, uh, learned and appreciated it really kind of expanded my, uh, my mind in that area. So, uh, kind of wrapping up a, a last couple things here. Um, you can't get better by yourself. And so with mountain biking, it's a little different. Like you can go riding by yourself. Like I can't really train jujitsu by myself. It's very hard to get better at jujitsu without a group of other bodies to train with. And so you develop a tribe, uh, and, and you lift each other up because you understand like, you know, if, if they're getting better, they're going to force me to get better. And so there's a, uh, like a team and tribe aspect that goes along with jujitsu that's just built in that you don't necessarily have to have with mountain biking. Like you can be a very antisocial rider. And again, I know because I've done it for periods of my, uh, my riding career, just been very antisocial, just like, dude, it's just pretty much me and my dog, like, uh, like 95 plus percent of my rides would be me and my dog. And I've had other times when I was very social, where the vast majority of my rides, I would have at least one other person riding with me, or I would be, you know, up at the ranch doing like free ride uh, sessioning with with people. You'd have a group up there riding stuff, uh, you know, doing stuff like that. So, you know, I, I've I've been on both ends of it, and I can definitely say that you're going to, I, I think, get more out of riding and progress faster if you have a group that you will get better if you aren't just focused on yourself and that you have another group of people there who are that that you're, you know, you're you're riding with them and for them and you guys are pulling for each other and helping to to uh, progress each other. Like I've written before one of my an article that always gets great uh, response when I when I share this post about the three kinds of riders that you need in your life. And, you know, one's the, the better rider who can show you what's possible. Um, you know, one is the worst rider, someone who's not quite as good that you're able to bring up. And then the other person is a, someone who's at the, a, a relatively same level as you, that you can look at them and be like, hey, if they can do it, I can do it. And you guys can kind of progress together, right? Like if you have those three kinds of riders in your life, then you're going to progress much faster than if you're missing that. And so, uh, again, like, you know, uh, you can't get better by yourself in jujitsu, you can with mountain biking, but I think that you're going to be better off and progress a lot faster if you do uh, take advantage of that team and tribe aspect that can uh, can be there. And so, finally, to to finish out here, uh, you know, focusing on the journey was really the last uh, lesson I wanted to share. And you know, one of the reasons for that is like you don't control your progression in jujitsu, right? Like, there's nothing. There's no thing that says like I have to get promoted to the next belt level when this happens. Okay, so like if you race, um, you know, you know that if you place or you know have certain times or place a certain uh, you know a certain position in uh, race, specific races, that you can progress to the next level, right? And so it's a little more under your control as far as like when you're going to get bumped up to the next level. Uh, if you're, you know, um, racing and, and, you know, trying to work your way up that way, you know, it's a little different if you're just riding for fun, right? Because there is nobody who is, uh, you know, saying, Hey man, congratulations, you're a blue belt today or you're whatever. Like you're just, you're just kind of, it's a journey. Right. And, and so again, like you just have to embrace that journey 
and not be in a hurry to uh, to reach the end of it. And so again, with jujitsu, like I knew that there was a black belt at the, I don't even, again, I hate calling it the end because it's not the end, but at, you know, on some level, the end of the initial stage of my journey was this black belt. And it's really cool, man. Like I said, like very few people achieve that. If you talk about it as a percentage of people in the world, it's like less than 1% of people achieve a, a jujitsu black belt. And so it, it's, uh, but if just focusing on the black belt, you know, they tell you all the time in jujitsu, like, don't worry about the belts, right? The belts don't matter. Just, just train hard. The belts will take care of themselves. And it's the same thing with riding your bike, right? Like just, just ride hard, have fun, do your best. And the progression and how you end up doing against other people and all this other stuff will just, it'll take care of itself. Right, like on some level, some of those things are out of your control. The only thing that you can really control is the effort level that you're putting in on a day-to-day basis. That's it. And so, if you just focus on that, just focus on the journey, focus on you know what you're doing on a day-to-day basis to get better. Um, and then one day you'll wake up and you'll be a black belt, you know, in uh, mountain biking or uh, jujitsu or whatever it is that you are pursuing. So, uh, so yeah, so that's that's it. Uh, I think that's all I got on my list here. Just kind of scanning it again real quick. I think that was all the lessons that I had written down. Um, cool. Yep. That's it. So if you, uh, listen to this, I appreciate it again. I know it's a little off topic. I've been doing a few off topic, uh, podcasts lately, but again, you know, I I think that bringing perspectives from other things into, uh, the mountain biking world can help us all, uh, improve and get better and enjoy our sport more and just, you know, all the things that we got into it, uh, mountain biking for, um, I'm hoping to, that, you know, some of you guys got some inspiration or some lessons or some things to think about that will, will help enhance that for you and, uh, maybe get a few of you interested in doing some jujitsu. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It is a great, uh, other activity to get into. I will warn you, it may, uh, start to occupy your your primary thing. I do have to admit, over the last few years, I've become more of a jujitsu guy, with uh, mountain biking being secondary uh, than a mountain biker with jujitsu being secondary. Um, so there is a little bit of a danger of that happening um, because it is super fun. It is really addicting. The people that you meet are really uh, you know cool, humble, uh, you know great people. And so, uh, but it is it's a great activity. Um, it's a great thing to get into. It is a self-defense uh, martial art. It's a, it's a great self-defense martial art. And so you're going to be able to learn how to defend yourself, which to me is like at the core of functional fitness, right? Like who cares how fit you are if you can't defend yourself? So, it, you know, self-defense is part of functional fitness, um, at least in my opinion it is. And so you're going to get, you know, confidence, um, just, you know, the, you, 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 the fitness that you get from it, the grip strength that you get from it, all, a lot of things transfer over to mountain biking very well. And again, the lessons that you learn from it transfer over very well. So, uh, if I got, got a couple of you guys thinking about checking out a jujitsu class, then, uh, that's just a bonus. Um, but yeah, if you ever, uh, in Fruta and you do do jujitsu and you want to, uh, come roll. I got a, a gym, uh, Grand Valley BJJ in Grand Junction. Uh, you know, hit me up and, and we'll see when we got open mats or whatever, and hopefully uh, meet some of you guys 
on the mats and slap hands and, and roll a little bit. But uh, so that's going to do it for this uh, podcast. Don't really have any eloquent uh, closing there. Um, I do encourage you to check out bikejames.com. You can sign up for my newsletter there where I send out uh, a couple, you know, tips and, you know, I was, I was got good stuff. I'm trying to help people improve their riding with, uh, that I'm sending out. Um, and also check out pedalinginnovations.com. And that is where you'll find the catalyst pedal, which is the pedal that I invented based on the real science and movement principles, uh, behind pedaling your bike. And so you can check out more about that and, and all the, again, the, the science and stuff behind the pedal design at pedalinginnovations.com. And again, buying, uh, you know, buying my programs, buying my pedals, helps support the program, helps me continue to put out uh, information like this and, and help riders uh, enjoy riding more. So I appreciate the support through the years. And uh, yeah, hopefully you guys have a good rest of your day and I will talk to everybody next time.